The following is a sermon preached at the First Presbyterian Church of Jackson, Mississippi. Well, throughout uh, the Advent season here at First Church, we've been looking at various of the sayings of Jesus that tell us something of his own understanding of why he came into the world that first Christmas. And so now, this Lord's Day, this Christmas Day, we come to the last in the series. So if you would keep your Bibles in hand and turn this time with me to John's Gospel, chapter 10. John 10, and look down at verse 10. If you're using a church Bible, that's on page 896. John 10, verse 10, where Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came, Christmas happened, that we might have abundant life. That's why He was born, to give us abundant life. And we're going to look at this abundant life that Jesus gives under three headings. First of all, we'll think about its source, the source of abundant life. Then its character, what is it like? The source, the character of abundant life. And finally, the way to abundant life. How do I get it? I've got to have it, so where do I get it? the source, the character, and the way to abundant life. Before we do that, let's pray, and then we'll read uh, John 10, 1 through 18. Let's pray together. Lord our God, You sent Your Son, who is the light of the world, who is the Good Shepherd, to lead Your people to speak and they hear Your voice and follow Him. And so we pray that we might hear Him together now speaking in His holy authoritative Word and might be given grace to respond as sheep to the Good Shepherd and to follow Him out and in and find pasture for our souls. For we ask this in His holy name. Amen. John chapter 10, at the first verse, this is the Word of God. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, 
who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Amen. I think it'd be fun to run a little competition to see whose children woke the earliest this morning in anticipation of Christmas presents. When my boys were little, we used to creep into their bedrooms late on Christmas Eve while they were asleep and lay their Christmas stockings, you know, crammed full of candy and little presents right on the ends of their beds, ready for them when they woke up the next morning. And the deal was they could wake up as early as they liked on Christmas Day. They could open everything in their stockings, and they could eat any candy that they found in there, just as long as they stayed in their rooms until we got up. They could play quietly in there until we were ready. That was the deal. Of course, their definition of playing quietly and ours did not always line up terribly well, and we tended to, uh, they tended to make so much noise at whatever unbiblical hour they actually did get up that we would be awake pretty early anyway. And then going into their rooms, we would be greeted with what I think might best be described as scenes of festive carnage. Christmas paper and candy wrappers and Lego and toys all over the place. And in the middle, two very excited, adrenaline-filled, sugar-high little boys itching to get downstairs to the bigger presents under the tree. Well, I promise not to delay unduly your return to whatever festivities this Christmas Day holds for you and your families. But I think it would be a dreadful mistake for us in all our haste to be back among friends and family at home to skip too quickly past the meaning of the birth of Jesus Christ, just so we could focus on the many abundant blessings we enjoy. When Jesus says the reason Christmas happened in the first place was that we might have a truly abundant life. You don't get it from the accumulation of toys and presents. A man's life, Jesus said, remember, does not consist in the abundance of things, No, he said, I have come that you might have abundant life. You get real abundant life only from him. That's why he was born. Now, in the passage that we read a few moments ago, you'll have noticed twice over in verse 11 and again in verse 14, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. And if you think about the Christmas story, I think that actually helps us understand something about it, doesn't it? Why was it to a group of shepherds watching their flocks by night by night in the hills outside of Bethlehem, of all people that the angelic messenger came to proclaim the birth of Messiah? They would have been, at least to most people's 
minds in those days an odd choice for the first visitors to come and worship the Lord Jesus. Shepherds were generally considered a shady, unscrupulous, untrustworthy underclass, uh, not exactly reliable witnesses for the birth of Christ. So, why choose shepherds? Well, of course, it was because like his ancestor David before him, who also tended his own flocks in these very same fields outside of Bethlehem. Jesus, too, was born a shepherd. I am the good shepherd, he said. And it's in his role as the good shepherd that he gives his sheep abundant life. And so, we need to understand the nature of this abundant life. What, first of all, is its source? Well, look again at those two places where Jesus describes Himself as the Good Shepherd in verse 11 and again in verse 14. And you'll see He tells us there the principal means by which He will fulfill this shepherding ministry into which He was born. Verse 11, I am the Good Shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know my Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The shepherd came. He was born that first Christmas to give his flock abundant life but it would cost him everything to provide it. He gives us life by himself enduring the terrible death of the cross. The shepherd lays down his life that we might live abundantly. And notice carefully in this connection in the text, he says he knows his sheep and he lays down his life for them. Just think about those two phrases, the two parts of that sentence, I know my sheep, and I know them with an intimacy that at least is parallel to the way that I know my Father, and the Father knows me in the fellowship of the blessed Trinity. This is intimate, comprehensive knowledge. I know my sheep, and I lay my life down for them. You see what he's saying? Isn't it extraordinary? He's not saying, I know my sheep, and they are so wonderful. So, of course, I laid down my life for them. No, no, no. He's saying, I know my sheep in all their liabilities, how prone to wander they are, like sheep that go astray and turning everyone to their own way. I know their rebellion. I know how prone their hearts are to selfishness and disobedience how they deserve only my rejection and condemnation. And I know them. I know all about them. And yet, loving them, I lay my life down that they might live and live abundantly. Here's the wonder of Christmas. Why was He born? He was born to shepherd you, knowing you, knowing me fully, comprehensively, and loving me, He came and gave His life for me and for you. It's not just that at Christmas 
God became a man in Jesus. As extraordinary as that is, the wonder of Christmas is that God became a man in Jesus that He might die in the room instead of sinners. Knowing the wickedness of our hearts, and yet giving Himself for us. The abundant life the Good Shepherd was born to provide would be paid for in His blood. He was born to die that we might live. But notice it's not just His death that is the source of abundant life. It flows not only from His death, but also from His glorious resurrection. Look down at verses 17 and 18 with me for a moment. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So the Father charged Him, sent Him into the world on a mission. He came that first Christmas under orders from the Father to do a great work, to be a shepherd, to shepherd His sheep, yes, by giving His life, but also by rising in victory over the grave on the third day. Now, on the, in the lovely providence of God, we gather today to worship Christ who was born of the Virgin and who rose from the grave. We are here, you understand, not first of all because today is Christmas Day, We're here because, first of all, today is the Lord's Day, the Sabbath day. Today is the first day of the week, the day of resurrection. And so wonderfully today, we have this double emphasis on the life of Jesus Christ, full of life, the life of His first birth, that first Christmas, and the life of His glorious resurrection on Easter Sunday morning. Jesus is full of life. Hebrews 7.16 calls it the power of His indestructible life. He is the way and the truth and the life. In Him was life, John 1 verse 5. And the life was the light of men. It's because He died under our condemnation with the death we deserve and rose in triumphant victory to new life on the third day, that He is now the fountain of abundant life for everyone and anyone who comes to Him. That's why Christmas happened, to open the floodgates of abundant life in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christmas is not really about providing an excuse for the accumulation of more stuff. Christmas is about securing for us a truly abundant life. So, the source of abundant life, the death and resurrection of the Good Shepherds. Secondly, consider the character of this abundant life. What are we talking about exactly? What is this abundant life Jesus was born to give us? Well, if you look at verse 9, He tells us, first, If we have abundant life from Jesus, He says, we will be saved. I am the door. If anyone enters by Me, he will be saved. 
Salvation is the, the first part, and in many ways the most important part, and the, a, a way to say this is everything is comprehended under this one word, saved, full and free and finally saved by the grace of God. You have salvation. Secondly, you also have security. Look at verse 9 again. He says, His sheep will go out and in. It's a picture of the flock entering and exiting the pen without hesitation, without any fear at all. They're safe, you see, because the Good Shepherd guards them and tends them, and His eye always lingers upon them, saved and secure. And the third thing this abundant life offers is satisfaction. Look again at verse 9. He will find pasture. Salvation, security, and satisfaction. Abundant life is really a way of talking about the comprehensive provision of God for you in Jesus Christ. All your true soul need met only in Him. That's why He came. That's what His coming is designed to give you. Abundant life isn't some trinket to adorn our already lovely selves like a cheap Christmas bauble hanging on the tree. Jesus was not born to augment our already stellar life plan with a few religious tweaks here or there. That's not what He's talking about at all when He talks about abundant life. No, listen, your best plan, your best plan can only ever be a thin gray shadow of the abundant life Jesus offers. He came to give us a comprehensively new life saved from the wrath and curse of God, from the dominion of sin and Satan, secure forever in His keeping and care of all those the Father has given to Him. He has lost none. Whoever comes to Him, He will never cast out. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. You are saved and you are secure, kept forever in His hand, and you have satisfaction, pasture, nourishment, daily bread, sustenance to sustain you day after day from Him. We need to see that to live without Jesus is to live a drab, gray existence. It is to live in monochrome. But to have the abundant life of the Good Shepherd is to live in full color. To live without Jesus is to eat and never be satisfied. To drink and always be thirsty. It would be like sitting down at Christmas dinner later today, and all your favorite dishes are spread on the table, and your mouth is watering at the sights and the smells. The table is groaning under the weight of the Christmas banquet, and as you sample dish after dish, you can't taste anything. It just turns to dust and ashes in your mouth, and no matter how much you consume, you're never full. That is life without Christ. But Jesus is the bread of life. He is the fountain of living water, which as you drink Him in, you will never thirst again. Jesus is a Christmas banquet, and He alone will satisfy the deep hunger and thirst 
of your hearts. If you have Him, you will be able to say with David in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To have Jesus and the abundant life He gives is to have your eyes opened and your ears unstoppered and your mind renewed and your tastes reformed and your desires cleansed and your deepest soul needs at last and uniquely met in Him. The source of abundant life the death and resurrection of the Good Shepherd, the character of abundant life, salvation, security, satisfaction, and now finally the way to abundant life. Don't you want to know how to get it? If this is the life on offer, I'm really concerned that many of you here this Christmas Day know nothing of this abundant life. You've settled for a gray half-life because that's all you know. That's all you think is possible. You take your pleasures where you can, and you say to yourself, like the rich fool in Jesus' parable, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But Jesus says, God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You remember Cooper's hymn, don't you? Fading is the worldling's pleasure. All is boasted pomp and show solid joys and lasting treasure. None but Zion's children know. That's what Jesus offers, solid joys and lasting treasure. Abundant life. That's what Christmas is really about, you know. He came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So, how do you get it? Look at verses 3 and 4, please. The sheep hear His voice, and He calls His own sheep by name, and He leads them out. And when He has brought them out, He goes before them, and the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. He calls to you in the gospel, and He invites you to follow Him. That's it. It really is that simple. The nature of the gift is that it's free. And Jesus holds it out to you and invites you to come follow Him. Where do you get abundant life from? You get it by hearing and responding to the voice of Christ. The Good Shepherd is calling to you this Christmas day in the voice of His gospel. I wonder if you will hear His voice and follow Him. Will you turn from your drab, gray half-life that is no life at all and begin to explore the abundance of the abundant life He died and rose and reigns to give? As 2022 draws to a close and we face together another year, I hope you'll take the time to do some honest self-assessment. 
and to ask yourself, do I really know anything of the abundant life that Jesus gives? And if I don't, am I willing now, as He calls to me in the preaching of His Word, to answer Him in repentance and in turning away from all the places I've been looking for satisfaction that have proven themselves again and again to be hollow and empty, to be dust and ashes in my mouth, to repent and to put my trust in Him. I wonder if you will enter by the door into abundant life, the abundant life Jesus was born to give that first Christmas. May the Lord be gracious to us all that we might enter 2023 having received that life for ourselves. That would indeed be to have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, wouldn't it? Abundant life from the hands of the Good Shepherd. May the Lord make it so. Let's pray together. Our God and Father, how we praise You for the wondrous gift of Your Son, the Good Shepherd, who knows us, and knowing us despite what He knows, gives Himself for us in love, bearing our condemnation, dying in our place, rising and reigning to become the fountainhead of abundant life for all who hear His call and follow Him. May it be today that every person present here may respond to that call for themselves from the heart and follow Him, that we may indeed have a joyous Christmas day, a happy Lord's Day, because we have entered into new life, born again on the day we celebrate Christ's birth entering resurrection life on the day we rejoice in His triumph over the grave. So we ask it all in His holy name. Amen. You have been listening to a sermon preached at the First Presbyterian Church of Jackson, Mississippi. Our contact is www.fpcjackson.org.